Good morning. I have a survey for you. I'm going to ask you to raise your hands, but I promise I won't call on you. I won't make you talk, so you can raise your hand without thinking, oh, she's going to make me talk. Um, my question is, have you ever been going through your day, driving, working, and somebody's name pops in your head? Gosh, I haven't talked to them in a long time. I should give them a call or I should text them. Okay, good. All right. Have you ever called or texted that person? Does anybody ever really call anymore? I should just say texted. Um, have you texted that person and they're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you reached out today because this happened, that happened. Have you ever in the middle of the night woken up and somebody's name pops in your head and you think, I guess I should pray for them since it's the middle of the night. And maybe some of us have found out later that something was going on and they needed our prayer. I'm going to venture to say to you, the Holy Spirit in you is speaking to you about other people. Because in the beginning, this is John 1, in the beginning was the word. Erasmus, a theologian from the turn of the, like, fort. Uh, 15th, 16th century, translated this, the first Greek New Testament that was published, he translated, in the beginning was the conversation. I love that. And, and most scholars feel that that's a legitimate translation of Logos. God has been in a conversation with us since the beginning of time. Since the beginning of time. In the beginning was this conversation he was having with us. In the beginning, God created the earth, right? He hovered over the darkness. He created the chaos. And it says, and then he said, and he said, and he said, and he said, and he spoke order into the chaos and form and function and, and role and responsibility. He was speaking that love into his creation from the very beginning, including us. Let's look at Genesis 1, read this scripture. Then God said, oh, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock, the wild animals. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and what's the first thing he did? Said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said to them, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food and to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky. He gives them the plants. And it was so. God saw all that he made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. He's been speaking into humanity, into his creation. And what is he saying? What's this conversation about? Overall, the conversation is love. There's this deep and unconditional love for us. But he's also talking about our identity. He says, who are you? You are created in the image of God. You are very good. He's talking about our resources. I've given you these 
animals. I've given you the fish, the birds. I've given you seeds to plant. He talked about their role. Subdue the earth, be fruitful, multiply it. Bring order, continue what I've started. And our destiny to have dominion over the earth. He is still carrying on that conversation with all of us today. And that's what our series has been about. Ryan talked about how we can hear God in scripture. Mark talked about hearing God when we're praying, hearing God for ourselves, and then hearing God when we don't think he's speaking. Today we're going to talk about hearing God for others. And all of you that raised your hand, and probably the rest of you, are already doing this. But we're just going to put some flesh around it and talk about some scripture with it. So what would God tell us about someone else? Well, first of all, again, it's about love, but also their identity, their resources in him, their role in this earth, their destiny on this earth. He, that is what he is speaking in this conversation. But why would God use us to speak to someone else? Well, let me ask a question. From the very beginning, who was the conversation initially with? It was among the Trinity. God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, God the Son, from eternity have been having this conversation of love. And then they entered into creation and entered this conversation. It's always done within community. We were placed into a community, into a community with the Holy Spirit, with God the Father, with God the Son, Jesus. We are placed within a community within our family when we're first born. We're placed in community of friends, link groups, church, our, where we work. So it makes sense that he would want to have this conversation within community. It's about community and it's always about relationship. God speaks to us often about somebody who's in our sphere of influence. It's not something random. When I was, um, my oldest daughter was going into second grade. So if you know me, that was a really long time ago. But uh, she was going into second grade. All of a sudden, she had all this fear and anxiety. And she started crying, didn't want to go on the bus, and she didn't want to go to school. It got to the point where the vice principal would meet me at the door. I'd have to drive her to school. Vice principal would meet me at the door and pull her off of me crying and walk her to her classroom. And then I would get in the car and just weep. It was really, really hard. And so I prayed. I said, God, what on earth? What do I do? Is somebody hurting her? Is there something else going on? What do I do about this? And I felt like God said, I want you to write down all the scriptures for her, because she could read at that point, about not fearing, about how I'm with you and with her, how, how she shouldn't be afraid. And so I created this book with the scriptures in it. I put a picture of the family so she could look at us if she needed to. And I wrote down my schedule, which I felt like the Lord wanted me to do. So she would know during the day where I was. It turned out there was this a fear something was going to happen to me while she was at school. There's a certain age where kids realize something bad can happen. So she took it to school, and I won't say it immediately worked, but, but over a couple of months, it, it, it uh, disappeared. She was fine. 
She's been fine ever since going to, you know, going to school. But I felt like the Lord was in this conversation with me about someone I loved. And so I could go to her and say, God wants you to know not to be afraid. He's with you. He's never going to leave you. And here's scripture to say that. I found out her son started second grade. A couple years ago, they moved to a new school. He started second grade at that year and at a new school and started to have very similar anxiety that she had had. She still had the book. I had no idea. She still had the book. And she said, Josh, I want to show you what Nana did for me. Now, I'm telling you the story not because I spend three hours in prayer every day and read scripture six hours and, and have dreams and visions every night. I, I, I wish I did. I don't. I'm just like you. I'm not any different. But God wants you to take your loved ones to him, your people. Who are your people? And he wants to have a conversation with you about them. And he wants you to be able to speak to them about their identity, their role, their destiny, the resources they have in him. You see, he put us in this body of Christ. You can easily enough see how this kind of thing works by looking no further than your own body. This is the church. Your body has many parts, limbs, organs, cells, but no matter how many parts you can name, you're still one body. It's exactly the same with Christ. By means of his one spirit, we all said goodbye to our partial and piecemeal lives. We each used to depend, independently call our own shots, but then we entered into a large and integrated life which he has the final say in everything. Each of us is now a part of his resurrection body, refreshed and sustained at one fountain, his spirit, where we all come to drink. So as one body, not only can we speak to our family and our friends, but we can speak to one another about who we are and how we are loved. So how can we know it's God's voice? Mark talked about this a little bit. I want to connect it to how can we know it's God's voice telling us something about someone else? Let's look at this scripture in 1 Corinthians. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. I want to take the scary out of prophecy. Really, prophecy is not, in the Old Testament, some of what they did was to foretell the future. But most of what they did was foretelling or explaining God's message to the people at the time. The Holy Spirit would come out a prophet, and, and he would speak to the people or to an individual, to a king, and not just foretell future. It was very much how to live. What is God saying to his people? If you read through it, it's mostly that. Well, that's true now. We all have that same Holy Spirit within us. And that same Holy Spirit is still having the conversation. And so prophecy is really just sitting before the Lord, hearing for someone else, and then taking that brave step and speaking to them. But, but what is the first thing here? The tone. What is the tone? Love. Follow the way of love. That word follow is to go eagerly like chase down. Like you got a kid running in the street and a car is going to hit him. You chase that kid down, you grab. We are to go after love like that. So the tone of what you're hearing. So if you're like, is this God? The tone should be full of love. And the goal is for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Scripture is very, very clear on this. Strengthening means edifying, 
for their building up, contributing to someone else's growth. Encouraging is exhorting, calling them near, a holy urging. Come closer to God. And comfort is consolation. It denotes tenderness. So if you think you're hearing from God, you need to question, is this something that's full of love? Is it strengthening them? Building them up? Is it comforting them? Is it encouraging them? Because that's what the Father's voice sounds like. That's the tone. That's the goal. So how do we hear God's voice for someone else? Mark mentioned this um, too, to sit quietly before the Lord and ask, and I'm going to change this to ask Jesus, the Father, Holy Spirit, about someone. But let me clarify this. Start with someone close to you within your circle of influence. My mom started to get a little off at the end of her life. She lived to 99, so if I live to 99, you're going to have to let me get off a little bit. But she, she started thinking, at th this time, this was before Trump even ran for president, but she kept thinking she was hearing things for Trump. So what I want you to do, don't start with Trump. Start with someone close to you, someone you have relationship with. So for me, when, when I really got serious about like, God, I really, I really want to hear for these people I love. I, it was mainly for Steve, lucky Steve. It was mainly for him. But he's the closest person to me. He's safe. I can say that. He can say, you know what, I think that sounds right. I'm not so sure about this. That makes sense. And we could talk about it. Start with someone close to you, someone safe, someone you know you have relationship with. You don't want to start with walking up to some random stranger or, or someone random person in church. It should be within relationship. That's God, how God works. From the very beginning, that's how he's worked. Listen for spontaneous thoughts that come to mind. Look for pictures. Write down what you hear God say and the pictures you see. So not that long ago, I had, um, it was one of these where I woke up in the night, I got this picture of um, a pastor, not Mark or Ryan, no one here, pastor, and this pastor was up speaking, but his pants were too small. They were like really tight, and they were too short. This is someone I know, and I'm like, this is, this is a weird picture. So I went to God, God, I'm not sure this is strengthening, encouraging, or comforting. I'm not sure what this means. And I really sense the Lord saying, this, this person, I've got more for him. He, he's got bigger pants to wear. He, he's, he needs to step into more of his authority and his power as he ministers and he walks with the Lord. So you're going to get pictures, but, you know, sit with it. Make sure it makes sense. But once you have something like that, I want you to stop. Now, Mark didn't tell you to stop when it's for yourself because you can have your own conversation. But if this is for someone else, gosh, guys, we got to be so careful, so clear, so gentle. So I want you to ask, does the word agree with Scripture? He's never going to tell us something that's, you know, like leave your husband and run to Brazil. Um, is it full of love? Is it... Is the word strengthening, encouraging? Is it comforting? And is it about their identity, their resources from God, their role, their destiny?
This is a way to check ourselves. This is a way for us to make sure that what we're hearing is really from him. If it's not, you're like, this sounds really angry and judgmental. Or this sounds like something I'm dealing with myself. Sometimes we need to think, is this how I'm seeing the world right now? If you're praying for people and all of a sudden everybody's got a father issue, well, maybe you're the one with the father issue and you're seeing that in everybody else. So check, check your heart. Check that, what, is this just a lens I'm seeing the world through? Ask the Lord. Is this help to help me to pray for them? Sometimes the Lord may give you something really heavy about something, like they're struggling with something. Or maybe you're like, ah, I think something happened in their past. It may be the Lord just wants you to pray for them. Not, you know, go, hey, buddy, how's that greed issue going? Um, it may be that you're just supposed to pray for that person. And think, can I flip it? Can I make it strengthening, encouraging? So sometimes if the Lord brings you something that's heavy, like they're really struggling with an addiction. God, how can I flip this? God, how do you see this person? Not what sin are they living in, what, what should they be judged on, but God, how do, you, how do you see this person? And ask him, and I guarantee you it's going to be, I see them as my son. I see them as loved. I see them as having a role on this earth. I see them with a destiny. And then you can flip that around like, okay, that, I can go. I can speak to that there's more. They are more. They are loved. They are capable of loving others. All right, so let's say you've worked this through. You feel like I got something. So humbly share with the person, asking God for timing and words. Humbly share this with someone. Do not go up and thus saith the Lord. <laughs> Humbly, I think, maybe. So here are some parameters that we have talked about at Horizon um, that uh, some people have put together, but just a couple of things. This should be within relationship. If you really feel like the Lord has highlighted someone in church, but you don't know them very well, go to Mark, go to Ryan, go to me, go to their link group leader and go like, I, I feel like I have something, but I don't want to, I don't know what's going on with them. I don't want to hurt them. I don't want to scare them. It needs absolutely to be within relationship. Don't say, thus saith the Lord, because we are, have this Holy Spirit in jars of clay. We are not perfect. That Holy Spirit, sometimes we have our lens on. So don't say, thus saith the Lord. You could say, I sense this is what the Lord wants you to hear. I think I heard this for you. There's the humility that comes in. Don't share with someone else's child. Sometimes you may feel like you get something for a child. Like, don't, don't be afraid. It could be something super encouraging and beautiful. Go to the parents. You don't want to grab some child. God loves you. <laughs> <laughs> and avoid excrement. Dreams do not talk about you're going to get married, you're going to have a baby, or somebody's going to die. You want to avoid that. Even if you feel strongly that, like, maybe the Lord has sensed this, do not go there. Just, there are some people that can go there. I can't go there. Do not go there. All right, so you now you're going to, don't interpret for them. Now you're just going to share it. Ask for feedback and encourage them to take it to God. 
So remember the, the picture I had of the guy with the pants too small. All right, so what I think it meant was you need to grow in your ministry. You need to walk in more power. God's got more, the seat of authority was kind of a phrase that came. God's funny sometimes. He gives you puns and stuff, but seat of authority. So I went, I shared it with him, and I said, this is what I saw. This is what I sense it means, but now it's yours to figure out. I'm not going to go and say, therefore, you need to leave your church and go find a bigger one to preach in. Because I don't think that's what it was, but that's not my job to interpret. So it's, you need to be really careful when you think you've received something to just give the general. Do not step into interpreting, telling them what to do with it. Because that's their job. Encourage them to go to God with it and say, I sense this, but this, this is between you and God. And ask for feedback, like, does this make any sense? Does this resonate with you? Because then you're learning, like, oh, man, I was off with that one. Or that one seemed to resonate with them, so, so I am hearing. How do I receive a word from someone else? So, so if we're going to be brave and we're going to share with someone, how do we receive a word from someone else? I remember the first time I shared this, something with someone else, and they go to church here that was not in my family. And I had a relationship with her, but not in my family. So I wrote it down. We were having coffee. We'd had coffee before, and I, like, slid it across the table. I sense this is what the Lord is saying. Not sure. Let me know what you think. It was very scary. But the Lord was so gracious. Somebody the day before had given her something almost identical. And I felt like it was for her confirmation, but it was confirmation for me too. Like, yeah, go ahead. Be brave. So how do you receive if someone comes to you? Thank them. It's scary. It's scary to go to someone. Ask them to write it down if they haven't already done that. Sit with it before the Lord and ask Jesus, like, what does this mean? Is this for me? Don't take everything everybody brings to you as, as from the Holy Spirit. It could be they're just being nice or something. So, so sit with it. Like, is this really for me? Check if it agrees with Scripture. And check if it confirms something you're already hearing. Almost 99% of the time, this should be something you're already kind of, it's already kind of brewing in you. So if somebody comes to you and says, I really feel like the Lord wants you to step into new ministry, and you're like, oh my gosh, I was thinking about joining the worship team, it should confirm something that you're already dealing with. It should agree with scripture. This is a phrase you're going to hear me use, eat the meat, spit out the bones. That means I may give you a paragraph, and you read before it, and you sit with the Lord, and you're like, these two sentences absolutely jumped out at me. They're the Holy Spirit. This other stuff is not. So I'm not going to go back to Beth and say, you got half of it wrong, which I really wouldn't mind if you did so I could figure it out. But you're going to be like, okay, these two I'm going to hang on to. The Holy Spirit's highlighted this other stuff. I'm just going to let it go. Maybe God will bring it back again later, but I'm going to kind of spit that part out. And then I'm going to take it to a trusted friend, a mentor, and sit with them. Say, does this sound like it's about me? Does this sound like you know me? And I also want to say to you, look, if anybody in this church comes to you and gives you a word that you're scare, scares you, 
makes you uncomfortable, um, it doesn't feel right, feels angry, please come to Mark, Ryan, or me, or your link group leader. We, we do not want that to happen here. We want this to be a safe place. We want people to be able to take risks giving, but also receive well. So don't, don't hang on to that. Please come and talk to us about that. Because it should always be about love. It should always be about love. Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers said, the greatest thing we can do is to help someone know they are loved and capable of loving. That's what this conversation is about. It's about that we're loved. And it's about that we can love other people because of what God's done for us. And sometimes he uses other people. Sometimes we get to be part of the process. How cool is that? That God chooses. Say, well, I, I could like send down a poster for them or you know, a billboard. God loves you. He will never leave you or forsake you. But how cool that he says, I want you to do it. I want you to enter into this conversation, this community with me. Help me. Help them. I want to tell you one more story. And again, these stories are really just about for you guys to be like, oh, that's happened to me. Or I can sit with the Lord and do that. One more story with Steve. He, um, sometimes it gets very specific. So he had an issue at work. He's in insurance. And if you know anything about insurance, it's all about the paper trail. It's all about volumes of paper and documentation between the company and the policies and all of that. And they've transitioned from paper to automation, and, and they've also been to two operating systems. So he called me and said, can you pray? We are looking for documentation on this one issue. We can't find it. They've had this client for 10 years. So it's documentation's gone through all these iterations. And I, I'm telling you this story for two reasons. Because Steve and I are in relationship. He will ask me, couples, friends, talk to each other about stuff at work. God cares about that stuff at work. That's important to him, too. The other reason I'm telling you this is, is don't, don't compartmentalize. Like, like, God can talk to me about being a dad, but God can't talk to me about being a boss. That's just not true. Anyway, so he called me and said, can you pray about this? We've looked everywhere. We've looked through everything. So I prayed about it, and I said, called him. I said, I really sense the Lord wants you to go back to old emails. I really think there's something in an email that would document what you need. So they had already looked through emails, but he's like, okay, here's the other piece. He took, he, he did it. So if somebody gives you a word, there's a risk on both, there's a risk of me saying, check the emails, they're not going to be there, but there's a risk on his side, like, I'm, I'm going to trust that this is the Lord speaking. So he went, he, he uh, ordered archived emails for 10 years and found an email from 2012 from somebody who works there that was the documentation they needed. Now, I'm not, I'm only saying, this is because God cares about that stuff. And he wants us to be in that conversation about that. He cares about the details of your life. And he wants us to be able to support one another 
and care for one another and love one another and say, I, God loves you enough to care where that email is. God loves you, cares about you enough that your pants are too tight. God cares about you enough to let you know don't be afraid when you go to school. God cares about, now here's one, and I know I've talked about relationship. One more story. Um, I was at Macy's a couple weeks ago, and I um, was buying pants for Steve. <laughs> Pant theme this morning. I didn't, didn't even connect that. But when I was buying pants for Steve, and this woman waited on me, and I was just making conversation with her, which I hate doing. I hate small talk. I'll be honest with you. But I'm, I'm trying to be, like, good about that. So I'm having conversation with this lady. She said how tired she was. She hadn't slept the night before. And I said, oh, you know, that stuff happens. And she said, I just couldn't sleep. So I paid, walked away. And I'm walking away, and I sense the Lord say to me, you need to go back. That woman was up because of something with her son. And I want you to go back and tell her, I see her. I see her son. It's going to be okay. I love her. I love him. So I'm walking to the place. So in my mind, I'm like, oh, really? Because I was like, you know, all the way. In. But, but I heard Annie F. Downs, she's a speaker, writer, podcaster, recently say, it's not what I wanted to do, but it's who I want to be. I don't want to go back and talk to her. That's so outside my comfort zone. But I want to be that. I want to hear. I want to be in the conversation. I want to encourage her. So I went back, and I kind of hedged my bets. I'm like, were you up because you're worried about a young man in your life or maybe your son? She said, it was my son. Her eyes got big. It's my son. How did you know that? I know. I said, well, I just, sometimes I sense God wants to talk to somebody, and I just sense that he loves you. He sees your son. He knows all about it. He's going to be okay. She got tears in her eyes. How did you know that? I just, God loves you so much. He wants you to know that. He wants you to know he's going to take care of your son. Gosh, I wish I did it more. I can't tell you how many times I didn't turn back. But that's who I want to be. I want to be part of the conversation. I want to tell people they're loved and that they can be loving. If the um, worship team can come up, we'll wrap up now. This is from the message, that same scripture in 1 Corinthians 14. It says, go after a life of love as if your life depended on it, because it does. Give yourselves to the gifts God gives you. Most of all, try to proclaim his truth. When you proclaim his truth in everyday speech, you're letting others in on the truth so that they can grow and be strong and experience his presence with you. So Mark's been giving homework. Here's your homework this week. Ask God to bring someone to mind. Or maybe there's someone you're worried about. This coworker seems depressed, Lord. My child just feels off, feels like something is off. I'm worried about the choices they're making. I'm worried about my spouse. They seem distant lately. I, I'm worried about my job and this coworker, this friend. Ask him to bring someone to mind. Ask God, what do you want me to share? Ask God, how do you see this person? This is what I see. I see someone distant, depressed. How do you see them? Ask God, can I share this? When would be a good time? Give me opportunity. 
and then be brave. Go share that word. Share God's love with someone this day.